0: Everybody and welcome to another episode of Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. My name is Adam Tarno, and I am joined as always by my friend John McGee. John, how are we doing today? Hey, buddy. Good to see you.
1: Ball beard is looking on point it's that's right strong
0: yeah uh, the colors are changing <laughs> like the leaves it's been great it's, it's been
1: really great but yes okay uh,
0: here's my question for you have you ever spent any time on a farm
1: uh golly that's a great question i think when i was little my great no my grandmother uh owned a farm and so was there but i was a like ex- what ex- like exactly, what was on this like animals or, uh, like, or was she like growing le- stuff legit like they you know from uh you know, from the boat in, in Germany, you know, two generations ago. And so they uh, they were they were farmers and like all the, all the things uh, that were on a farm. Now it was a, exactly zero use. Uh, yeah. But yes, we. I, yeah. I have been, if that was a question, I have been on a farm. That's you, good. Do you have a farm story? You no. Probably, that sounds like Look a Look, I'm like an you. accountant.
0: All right. I enjoy spending time indoors. I mean, there's no yeah, way. That's right. Uh, I have um, one of the best trips I ever took here in the States was I got to go to Galena, Illinois. Galena, you know, Illinois, it and it, this Let's is up in wonderful. the northwest corner of Illinois, up there by Wisconsin. So we we spent some time in Chicago, and then our family, um, Jackie's sister, they own a home up, out in Galena, and so we drove out there. It's awesome. And this was like Americana at its best. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. what I remember was our topic today: silos. Like the silos that they had as we were driving along, were amazing. They looked like uh, they looked like they were on a Christmas card or a Charles Wisakie calendar that your mom maybe had growing up or something like that, and so um, so that's our topic today. We're going to talk There's about silo. Way to get right? there. But we're,
1: we're now into. it. We're into it. it. Yeah. We're yeah. into
0: it. That was my that was my professional way I to get us into all this. But here is the deal. Such a pro. I have no clue why a silo exists. Like, what function does it have on the actual farm? Truly, I, yeah. What what does it do? I, I know you store stuff in there, yeah, but why why right. why can't you just store it anywhere? Why does it have to go up in the air? Why is oh, it a no, silo? That's like that?
1: a great question. Um, is it efficiency? I,
0: listen, I'm Is, asking the question to get the answer, not to <laughs> get another long. question asked. Okay, if
1: you can help Adam out with that question, yeah, copwatermarket.org. <laughs> that's uh, right. I'm just not one I've pondered, but, yeah. uh, but now I will we'll go to bed. To yeah, so
0: regardless out. if we've been on a farm, everybody has seen a silo. We know what they look like. We maybe don't know the purpose, but that's Clearly. what we are going to talk about because silos do – take place in organizational life, certainly in churches, you yeah. can develop silos uh, on your staff. Maybe even if you have a small staff, you can still have silos within the church and yeah. different ministries that, that you're doing and things like that. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to yeah. talk about uh, how do you prevent them? And, and you got a little story here on where this question came about, right? Because somebody even asked you about this recently.
1: Yeah, I was on a farm and I was looking at <laughs> <in the> silos. <laughs> Just going, why do these exist? <laughs> no, we recently hosted a pastor. He uh, was a really thoughtful uh, guy. He was asking a of questions. One of the questions he asked me, he said, John, how do you guys, um, uh, you know, kind of prevent and deal with silos, which yeah. is not a question, you know, we've dealt with a lot around here. And so I gave him an answer and, you know, which was uh, maybe moderately helpful. And I thought a little bit more about it and I thought that this would be a really good topic because, yeah. uh, in church life, in business, in, you know, really any, any kind of endeavor that involves multiple people, there tends to be this issue of silos and I thought it'd be good to talk about.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And especially where we are, Uh, When we're recording this 18, 19 months into the pandemic, when a lot of teams have not been together, a lot of church staffs have not been together. We'll get into this a little bit more, but isolation is a cause of silos. And so when we haven't all been able to be together trying to accomplish the mission that, that the Lord has given us, then uh, then there's a possibility that you may, as you're coming to your organization now, your church now, you might realize, oh, there's some silos here. You, your eyes might open as you hear some of this, and it would be good to know because there are some dangers if they're there. Let's start off with a quick definition. We're going to rip this off from Patrick Lencioni. He wrote a book called Silos, Politics, and Turf Wars. And here's what he says. He says nothing more, that a silo is really nothing more than the barriers that exist between departments within an organization that cause people who are supposed to be on the same team to actually start working against one another. Yeah. So I, I like that definition. I think that's pretty good.
1: Yeah, he, he kind of wrote the definitive book. And so if you could, uh, if you read another book, uh, generally what they've done is just stolen everything Patrick said. And uh, so, <laughs> right. so you can just start at the source. I think he was one of the first to kind of really put that into a book. And it, and it really – it actually – I remember when it came out, it really resonated with uh, the church because people go, that – that exists here. Yeah. And um, and so someone was actually thinking about it and uh, talking about it. So I w- we would commend that book uh, to you other than, I mean, I'm sure the gold is about to be you know, laid out here in this podcast. Yes. Yeah, but yes.
0: Yes. That's the only Lencioni <laughs> quote we're going to have. The rest of it is just us That's unleashing right. all of our wisdom uh, on the listeners. All right, let's start with this. Let's do a little assessment here. Yeah. How can you actually tell if you have a silo In your church or on your team right now?
1: Yeah. So we kind of put together a list of, you know, these are some things that, um, you know, you might have a silo if uh, kind of thing. And so uh, we'll put this together in a a PDF and might might be good just to sit around with, you know, your uh, executive leadership teams or the teams that you're on and just say, do any of these apply uh, to us? And so um, here would be some kind of tells and so if these trigger then you may have a silo uh, silos that uh, that you want to address so uh, number one can you celebrate the wins of other areas right Mm. can you like get excited uh, just as excited about what someone else is doing as um, something that you're doing you know when they have a win do you count it as a a collective win Uh, number two can you um, you know celebrate when staff or volunteers move teams so if someone someone goes to another organization uh, someone goes to another uh, department uh, someone Someone wants to. Uh, some volunteer doesn't want to serve in your thing. They want to go serve somewhere else. Are you excited about it, or is it a, a personal assault? Yeah. And uh, that's just a pretty pretty good tell. You
0: know who I'm oh. thinking about with that right now is is our friend Rick Wisner, who for years just had that reputation right. of being able to hire amazing people, who everybody else on on the staff would go and poach those people. That's right. And he 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 relished that uh, that reputation of I'm, I, I can find great people and and I'm going to celebrate it when they go move on to another team.
1: That's right. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was the best hiring strategy of, oh, you know, half of our staff was yeah. just to wait till Rick, just watch Rick.
0: <laughs> whatever <laughs> wait he does, wait, wait, till, wait
1: six months yeah, and then yeah. just hire that person. Yeah. Uh, it just, it was so much more efficient, you know, for, for but he best. did a good job of celebrating yeah, absolutely, that. Right. Absolutely,
0: he could have yeah. been, uh, he could have thrown a pity party all the time and he didn't. Yes. And that was, it was, yeah, it was really a great. great.
1: Job that. Um, so another one, uh, are you willing to do without so that others can, so if mm. it costs you something, you know, know oftentimes in budget um, would you be willing to do that uh, or would you like fight to the death for that uh, number four um, do do you view your area as most important mm. and here's one thing I want to say I, you probably should <laughs> yes. right. you probably should if I'm uh, and I actually I thought about this all the way through I've always felt like Whatever I was doing was the most important thing. Yep. So even when I was a junior high youth pastor, like I would, you know, I'd get in the cage and fight you um, and <laughs> <laughs> tell you that what I was doing was way more important than anything else going on in the church because, the, you know, uh, this is a pivotal time for, you know, uh, development in spiritual life and emotional life. And if we got this right, yeah. you know, then you think we'd change the world. The next kind of thing. president <laughs> might be in That's our ministry exactly, right now. I, I, probably, yeah. I probably gave some speech like that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I felt that everywhere uh, everywhere I've gone. So you, you, need, you need to feel that. You don't need to squash that. Um, but is there a kind of this this posture of uh, I'm su- this area is clearly superior. This area is uh, vastly more important mm. than anyone else. Um, then then if that's true, that that's a tell that uh, you might need to. Um, uh, yes, yeah, so that might may need to be what,
0: that. like moving from confident to cocky. Right. Yeah. It would be one way to yeah. possibly say that. So it's good to have the confidence and believe in what you're doing. But if it gets to the point where you're now cocky about it or you feel entitled or yeah. you or, actually believe you're better than others.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or mutually exclusive. Like I yeah. go like, uh, this is just so clearly better, therefore you guys can't have you know, uh, so oftentimes, you know, this classically shows up in when it comes to space yeah. and uh, you'll have people argue. So I, this, my deal is way more important, you know, yep. and uh, can you, can you stand down? So, uh, another one, number five, um, do your ministry dreams and plans involve other departments or other people? Or do you, when you get around and, uh, with your team and you think, and you dream and you pray, is it only you mm. uh, or do you even think about kind of, uh, collaboration? Uh, number six, what pronouns do you use? Do you love use it. love um, a good
0: grammar lesson? Come on. <laughs> Come on. Is go it, keep going. It, I like
1: it. it. Is it mine? Is it my, uh, if so, uh, you might have a silo as opposed to ours. Uh, yeah. We, and, and so even, you know, I was thinking about this. We, um, a uh, couple, couple nights ago, the Dallas leadership team had their, you know, kind of Christmas party. We had spouses and things like that. bro. and, it's early November. Did I say Christmas? Yeah, uh, it's it's November. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I, uh, it was uh, it was Thanksgiving. Okay, I meant to say. I'm sorry. I just uh, to, Christmas is about just, to judge you even more. Christmas is a superior uh, holiday to Thanksgiving. Yeah, so I'm already I'm already there. <laughs> uh, truth no, truth be told, I've got a I've got a teenage daughter who's all about uh, Christmas, and we she's got trees up already. Uh, wow. So kind of a, a uh, holiday foul, but it was Thanksgiving, and we're sitting around and. Everybody, the I think the exercise was, hey, what are we grateful for? And it was this great toggling between both. Here's what's going on in my ministry area, or the people that report up to me. And there was genuine excitement about that. Uh, but that there was also a, this co- collective sense, and we were celebrating, mm. you know, wins for the church. And we've, you know, like everybody, we've had we've had quite a run yeah. uh, here this last, you know, eighteen twenty months. And um, and everybody was just excited about other people's ministry areas, um, things that were going on that had they had nothing to do with, as well as the church. And I, I just thought, but this just feels really, really yeah. healthy. So uh, can, can you uh, can yeah, you do like that? that. Uh, so uh, what pronouns? And then you know, how are you even thinking about is this us or is it mine? Um, uh, number seven: Are you relationally connected? Uh, to others outside of your team. And I think that silos happen mm. when there's a lack of relationship. Yep. And so um, you don't tend to stab your friends in the back. You mm. you, yeah, not you, the good ones, at least. You might. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but most people don't, yeah. you know, Adam. And so do you know these people? Do you know their story? Uh, are you, have, have you laughed with them? And mm. uh, if you haven't, then uh, that's, that's fertile soil for uh, silos. And then uh, this one here, this is a tell for me. Um, do I share my best ideas or do I keep them? Ah, uh, I like that. Because I, I think you have to have faith that if you're going to share your best idea, um, that you know God's going to replace it uh, somehow with something else. But you give it your best idea away, someone else wins. Uh, this happens a lot with with sermons, and our our teams do amazing. Yeah, I mean, they I've watched them give away sermons. I have like that. That's a book deal right yep. there. That yep. that one illustration that you just shared that someone else is going to use, and people are going to stand up for miles and tell them that was amazing. You just gave that away. Mm. And when I see that happening, it just, it gives me a lot of joy yeah. to watch other people do that. So, so those are the eight things I thought of that, you know, uh, you might have a silo if, or you might be in danger of, um, you know, kind of having a silo.
0: Yeah. This is your version of the old Jeff Foxworthy bit, right? You might, <laughs> I if, was waiting for, I knew yeah. you'd get there. If Good. you're
1: working TV is standing on set <laughs> right, on it. top
0: of your broken TV, you might be a redneck. So yeah, <laughs> this is uh, this is helpful. So again, you're going to make those available or we'll make those available as a PDF. Yep. Great things to go through with your team. Kind of give yourself a ranking one to five. Uh, you know, how, how do you feel like you're doing on this? Or just just use it as an open ended conversation. Where where are our blind spots? Because uh, I think that's and let's get in now to to talking about why silos are dangerous yeah. and, what are your and how they can become dangerous. And I think one of the reasons they can become so dangerous is uh, is because they can sneak up on you. Right. Like they can develop and you don't even know that they're there. Yes. So, again, we're joking around about the farm. The farmer builds a silo. It's obvious to everybody around. That's a silo. Right. Because it it's just so clear. It's we a have no idea what they, what's
1: going on in there. Now, why, why they
0: use it again? Yeah. I don't know. Send an email. CLP at watermark.org, Tell us why. But uh, it's obvious that it's there. Organizationally, it's a metaphor. Yeah. And you, you have to do some of this assessment and they can be really dangerous. And I think one of the reasons they can be so dangerous is really. Um, this idea that you're you may not be as great as you think you are, hmm. right? Uh, what do you mean by that? It, meaning, uh, I'm thinking of that ridiculous bumper sticker: "Lord, please make me into the man that my dog thinks I am right now."
1: Right? So uh, <laughs> that's literally what came to your mind. Yeah, it is.
0: Yeah, <laughs> sure. and um, or you're not as great as your parents think you are. Yes. Okay. I used to say that to college students a lot. But anyway, um, <laughs> I think about this is that <laughs> we can celebrate. There's a lot to celebrate. There's there's always something organizationally to celebrate. Good leaders celebrate a lot. But what if, what if all these things you're celebrating are not nearly as great as they could be good. if you were collaborating more? And so maybe what you are is you are a, a bunch of great individual teams that know how to work around each other really well, but you're not necessarily working with each other really well. And so the diversity of thought that can come in by collaborating and tearing down silos Will hopefully lead to excellent results, yeah, so it could be, and again, I think uh, I think what our friend Jonathan Pacluda taught us uh, often with the sermon process on just bringing other people in right yes. Jonathan yes. just said hey i 'm not going to just go hole up in a study and write this sermon on my own i 'm going to collaborate i 'm going to get people from different parts of the organization to come in and help me come up with the best illustrations, make sure that we 're being clear." And celebrate the wins together. Right. So, yeah, Jonathan would get the the uh, the emails, but he knew uh, and I I know this because he and I would talk about this often. He knew that was a team effort. And so it helped keep him humble a little bit, too. But he was he was trying to make sure that he was presenting to the body the best possible thing that he could. Uh, And so he knew that he couldn't do that alone. And so maybe we're not as great as we think we are. And because we're not collaborating, and I think that's one of the dangers of having these and why it's so important to run through some of these assessment questions, uh, so that you are uh, really on mission and achieving the best results you possibly can That's and good. trying to love people.
1: That's good. So it's not, it's, it's not maybe catastrophic failure uh, right. we're talking about. It's the difference between good and great. Yeah. Very well and said. So if you're doing, you know, if you're doing um, work that has eternal value, well, you don't want to be dealing in good enough. That's right. Uh, you want to be doing in great in the sense that this is the best we can do with yep. what we have. Yep. And uh, the stakes are high. Like, yep. Like uh, eternity is at stake. Yeah. And so uh, we don't want to be just uh, doing what we individually uh, can do. And yeah. We want to be doing the best we can. I think that's a great way to- And, and it's it. a
0: little so, nuanced to, to Lencioni's definition up there where you know he says, causing people who are supposed to be on the same team to work against one another, which sounds intentional. Right. Like, okay- we are the student ministry. We can't stand the college ministry. Let's start working against the college ministry. Let's yes. start telling kids not to go to college, right? It's not It's not this malintent that will cause these silos to come up where we're actually now really competing against each other, at least in churches. I mean, sometimes that happens, but it, it, usually I think a lot of it is accidental. Yep. We're accidentally a silo. It's really, it's we're really accidentally good. not working well together. And how can we start to now collaborate uh, together
1: more? That's good. That's good. So uh, I I think it's, I don't know that people talk about that uh, very often. Not that I've read like five (laughs) books on this topic, Uh, but I don't really hear that conversation. Like we accidentally, it's always positioned as a sinister uh, premeditated thing, uh, which Absolutely can be, yep. uh, And sometimes it's just a drift. You, you wake up one day and you go, "Oh my goodness, that's great. Uh, th- This just happened." And um, I, th- I think that's a really, that's really really helpful. So you, when we when we start talking about then what to do, we don't have, we, we don't have to assume uh, real evil intent. No, uh, yeah. are confess selfish in the,
0: confess <laughs> your wicked heart to the Lord and start to go and reconcile with that person. Builder. It's not that, yeah. yeah, yeah, you silo builder. Yeah, it's not it's not that. It it's it good. really is. So how you know how are we going to prevent or squash these when they pop up? You've given everybody a great to-do there, go through these assessment questions. And um, in the first one, or, or one of the other things then out of that is is really starting to go, have these things popped up and we don't even know that they've popped up. And so we might be surprised to realize, okay, yeah, we're not really collaborating well. There are some silos that are here and we've drifted. I love that word. I wrote that down, drifted. I think that's such a great uh, metaphor and word image there that, uh, you know, and that, that's why texting and driving is so bad. Right. And and it's not, it's not that if you text while you drive, like something, um, there's some electrical current that happens in your phone. That's going to impact your ability to drive, or it's going to mess with the motor. The reason we're, we're not to text and drive is because we'll drift, yeah. right? You, you take your eyes off the road and you start to drift. You don't even know it. And you start to drift into the other, other lane. And so, uh, it's, drifting can be very very dangerous and that happens a lot organizationally and you drift into silos yes yes all right so let's let's talk about how we can prevent this how can we stop from drifting Uh, so John, you've got at least five things here, maybe a few more on things that we can do. So why don't you start off with number one, talking about working on something together?
1: Yeah. So Patrick Lencioni was here. We actually called him and he wasn't available. (laughs) So you got me. That's not (laughs) true. (laughs) So I called you. Uh, but if he was here, uh, if you read his book, it it is a really good solution uh, that he puts forward is it's called a thematic goal. So Mm -hmm. just thinking about uh, some goal and effectively what that is, is it's something that the entire organization can rally around. So everyone at the, at the top. Is unified around that. They think this is a really good, worthy uh, goal. Something that we should pursue, and um, it's you know it's quantitative. So uh, you can you could measure this thing, which means then that you can accomplish it together. yeah, And so uh, if it is numerical, uh, those kind of things, or if it is, um, there's an end, there's a start and a finish, there's a completion of uh, kind of percentage, then you chase that down uh, together. And so what that does then is it gets everybody, you know, working uh, together on it. And I, I think it doesn't have to be the most important thing uh, in an entire organization. It just needs to be something that everyone can kind of rally yeah. uh, around. And so I think that will, that will do uh, wonders to kind of uh, prevent or even kind of uh, deal with, um uh, you know any of these kind of silos so another one is to celebrate those who um you know are playing team ball now um, obviously, you want to celebrate wins of other organizations, but you want to celebrate the people who are celebrating other people. Yeah, and you go that team. That's what I'm talking about right there. Did you see how excited they were about someone else's uh, win? That that's who we all want yeah. to be. And you that's make really a, make a hero out of that person, uh, so that people can kind of um, you know uh, they can begin to kind of chase that down. Everyone wants the attaboy, and mm. so when you whatever you uh, celebrate will get uh, replicated, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, really good. another one uh, is just to have empathy and just kind of. Teach this and, you know, demand this and always ask, hey, how would I feel if I were them? So if mm. there's, you know, something's falling between department lines or there's a, a classically the room issue, a resource issue. Uh, how would I feel uh, if I were them? If I were in their shoes, uh, would this seem territorial, uh, competing? Would it feel unfair? Um, and ask uh, ask that question. Um, next one, and this, this is for the leaders, and this one can be tough, but um, you need to not tolerate it. Mm. And you need to address it. Mm. And so uh, you can't send, uh, you know, uh, passive aggressive or just Christian nice signals if territorial, if territorialism is going on or silos are popping up. Um you need to say this. This is not okay. Yeah, and, and we won't we won't tolerate it. And so um, won't even assign motive to this. But if this uh, continues, then then really this wouldn't be a really good place for you uh, to use your gifts.
0: And what a, you know for a leader now that's listening to that going great. I want to do that. What would be some clues when that's happening? So that may be you're having a conversation with one leader uh, on your staff or or at the church, and you mention another team like oh maybe we could get that team to help out, and that person has. A gut reaction or a visceral yeah. reaction that would be a clue of like, wow, we're not talking to that team. They don't know what they're doing. All right, hold on. Time out. Exactly. What, what there, you just gave me a clue that there is a barrier to collaborating. There's a silo. You don't trust that team. Why? Those are the things as a leader you need to, to watch out for. How do, how does one leader talk about another leader? Uh, if you even float an idea about collaborating with another team, what's their reaction? Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and. As you say, double click on some of those. Go why? Why is that your reaction?
1: Yeah, that's good. So uh, this week, someone uh, came to me and they said, "Hey, why did this? Uh, we'll just call them. It. We don't have. We don't think departments, but let's just call it that. Why did this department do this?" And uh, I said, "I don't know." You should probably go ask them. Yeah. And I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to bite on that. I found out later and I go, it, it was a calculated risk and it was risky and uh, I liked it. I liked the math that they did. And, um, but I didn't give that to this, uh, this person. I'm so why don't you, why don't you go ask? And, um, but I'm not, I'm not going to start, uh, any type of gossip train here yeah. or, you know, can you believe they did that? Well yeah. you go and, um, uh, but look make a relational connection, ask them to articulate it in their words. And, um, you know, and I think they'll be encouraged uh, when they do. So a couple other things, you know, um, I think just in terms of little more tactical what you could do uh, you could always if you can't get the whole organization uh, to pull together on something you could pair different departments together mm-hmm. on a project and so yep. you could just uh, and i've done this with my my kids right so the kid the we've got four kids and always there's some dyads where people don't get along and those are the kids that you send out on kind of uh, a fun outing together yep. you make them go uh, spend time together and so you know <laughs> go get milk and you have to walk yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know are uh, you playing family night or uh, you know here's 10 bucks you guys go do something fun or you know what Whatever it is, and I so like uh, same same kind of idea um, there. Uh, you could just pair people, just kind of relationally. So uh, they don't have to work together on anything. You could just say, you know, uh, departments are going to uh, once a month they're going to go grab lunch with another department or something like that. Mm. Or you could just go, you could take it upon yourself just to go and build relationships with uh, with other folks. Uh, celebrating ministry areas, just again, just making that part of the um, really kind of part of the ethos. Um, and then he- here's one that's interesting. Uh, compare the mission statements of the individual departments to the organization so good and, which is really funny if you do yes. an audit
0: yes i've got stories
1: here keep going okay. no, i like uh, it let's see well so you know the point would be if everybody's got a mission statement and you can't tell that they all they all work at the same place uh, you've got a problem and you need to make sure that they are all pulling in um the same direction so that's so good yeah in uh my time here
0: on staff there would be um Certain, certain teams that I was a part of where we were going to try to write a mission statement. And I remember having this light bulb go off one day that the church's mission statement was leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Yeah. And specifically when I was leading the college ministry, it was like, oh, I need to create a mission statement and the vision and the values and all this. And I was trying to write and craft this statement. And then I'm looking at Watermark's mission, vision, values, and I'm going – why on earth would I write any new ones? Yeah, I it, it I should just put the word college student in here. So that's our job was to lead college students to be fully devoted really followers of Jesus happy. Christ. And so if you are hearing about people writing mission, vision, value statements uh, in the organization, it's like just scratch it. Why we've already written it? It's on the website. It it just just drop in your ministry. You know, so this is teenagers. This is college students. This is married couples. This is men. Whatever it is, that that means we're all on the same page doing the same thing, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, that's good. And so not a declarative you know, once for all, but uh, it would be a really great exercise to have yeah. someone kind of lay out all the mission statements. Can anyone guess, you know, uh, or you know, would anyone be able to guess that these are all part of the same, yeah. uh, same organization? That's really so, good. Yeah.
0: That's yeah. really good. So, uh, you know, and, and if I was going to throw out a, another few ideas would be this. Uh, again, thinking about this accidental silos that pop up. So what are... What are just some basic barriers to collaboration that pop up? Some other questions you could ask is, or I think some other reasons why silos exist is really just speed. I mean, it, it, collaborating with other teams and tearing down silos is not efficient, yeah. right? So a lot of times we're, we're not reaching out to other teams, again, not for malintent, but because it's, it's well, this is my job, right? So why would I go ask them and bring them in? They're doing their job, and so sometimes that's just a good question to ask or just go, all right, maybe maybe for, maybe this won't be as efficient, but it'll be more effective in the long run if we widen the circle here and try to bring some people in. So that's some things you could do. Lack of trust, obviously, is a big reason not to collaborate, which you already talked about there. You need to really figure out why don't you trust that other team? Why would you not want to work on a project with them? You owe them that. Uh, You owe it for yourself to understand why you don't trust those people and then to have that conversation so you really can be one team. Fear of conflict. I mean, collaborating and getting more people involved. Um, leads to task related conflict, which is a very good thing, right? Yep. We, we need that to pursue uh, getting the best solutions to the problems we're trying to solve. And so if you don't like arguing or debating, that could lead you to just say, I just want to talk over here. I'm just going to do this. I don't want to talk to people. Uh, I don't want to bring in other people to speak into this. So that would be something worth addressing. Um, and then a lot of times I think this, this collaboration is not happening just because we lack context we just don't know what other people are doing and sometimes collaboration isn't we work together on a project it's just being more intentional about sharing information here's what i'm doing over here just want to let you all know hey we we use this it could be as silly as a vendor right hey we use this vendor to make some t-shirts they were great to work with want to let you all know about that or this restaurant here in town they cater fantastic i mean they were so easy to work with just fyi Here's some context. Yeah. Uh, here's what we've got going on this weekend. Sometimes just sharing information, giving everybody context can be really helpful and promote more collaboration. That's so right, those God. are some other reasons that may, may pop up as well.
1: That's really good. Jeff Ward, who's on staff, he does um, our external focus and he sends these updates, you know, and I always feel like I've got a carbo load before yeah. I read them they are long and very detailed. Uh, but so he does two things. One, he updates everyone. And then also he uh, is really curious about everyone else's uh, ministry area. You know, and I've, I've I've joked with him. I think you know, <laughs> you know, other people's ministry areas better than some of the people that are, yeah. you know, get paid to, to know uh, what they do. And so, but he is—he's uh, passionate about what he does. I mean, he is—he will wake up early and go to bed late um, to pull off what's in front of him. And yet, he's just like for everyone, else. everybody, and uh, he loves ev- it. Everyone loves working with Jeff. Yeah. And so that's—you want to be Jeff in your organization. You want to—you want a lot of Jeffs and um i think back to, back to where we started uh, it will move you from good or good enough to yep. uh, great where you you will you have a sense that you know what we're doing the best we can with what we have I like and that. it's all optimized and um and this is a lot of fun And yeah. I, feel, I feel really good about what we're doing
0: all right good so we've got the pdf that they can go and they can uh, do some self-assessment we've talked about why this is dangerous right we maybe are not achieving the as good a results as we maybe think we could um we're not caring for people the way uh, that, that we could if by, by not collaborating. So there's definitely some dangers to these silos. We've talked through some really good ideas on how to prevent these or what are maybe some barriers that are getting in the way of you uh, having an organization that collaborates well. So what are some final thoughts for our leaders? What would you encourage them to do?
1: Yeah. So I would just be intentional about this. I would print off that PDF. Yep. I would look at it yourself, ask uh, hard conversations, and then I would come to your teams or to your staff or what, wherever it is, your volunteers, and uh, say hey, does this uh, mark us? If we were going to turn the dial and um, be less siloed yep. uh, and more um, about the mission together, what would that look like? What steps do we need to take? Uh, what conversations do we have? Where, where do we need to repent and ask forgiveness mm-hmm. uh, for? How can we serve uh, someone else and, uh, and then be about it? So these won't just magically go away. It's yep. going to take some intention uh, from a leader. Yep. And I would say go. Go take the next wise step there.
0: There you go. I like it. Well, John, this has been a good conversation today. And those of you that are listening, if you have an answer for why a silo actually exists on a farm, <laughs> please, I mean, we've alluded to it a few times, send us that email at clp at watermark.org. Or if you have any questions or comments on today's episode or future episodes, ideas of things that we can uh, talk about, questions we can maybe try to answer that would be helpful for you as you seek to lead Uh, where God has you. Send us an email, clp at watermark.org. That's all we got for today. We'll talk to you again next time.